This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 15th. We have one week to go until the start of the regular season, and this week we'll be going to two podcasts per week. The schedule's changing, so we're going to be going from a Tuesday-only schedule to Tuesday and Friday. So on Friday, we'll be going through some takeaways from the preseason to get you ready for a big weekend of fantasy drafts. And on today's show, we have the audio version of our live fantasy draft. If you missed it, or if you want to check it out again, that is coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. So last week we convened a rowdy panel of fantasy experts for a virtual live fantasy draft. I hosted it. We had the whole Roto World crew plus a bunch of special guests for a 12-team, nine-category fantasy draft. Things got out of hand pretty much immediately with Brian Rosenworcel, the drummer from the band Guster, completely sniping Dr. A in round one. And we even had tempers flaring in the late rounds as Jared Johnson rearranged his living room after missing out on DeLon Wright. If you want to watch the draft, you can do so at rotoworld.com slash hoopsmock. That's rotoworld.com slash hoopsmock if you want to watch the draft. If you want to listen to it, well, that is about to happen right now. So here is our live fantasy basketball draft in its entirety. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you on Friday for some preseason takeaways. Matt Straup here, welcoming you to the 2020 Roto World Fantasy Basketball Live Draft. We are very excited to have you with us. Over the next couple of hours, we've got a great group of experts ready to draft a 12-team, nine-category fantasy league. Now, we're going to split this up into four groups of three experts to break down this draft in real time as it happens. So let's bring in our first group of three drafters right now. First up, we have... To my right, Steve Alexander, very on brand in the Luka, Luka Doncic jersey. Uh, you've heard him on the podcast down below me. That's Brian Rosenworcel from the Van Guster, an avid fantasy hooper. And lower right, that's Drew Dinkmeyer from Establish the Run NBA. Steve, 
I'll start with you. You're picking fifth. Have you, are you already telegraphing your pick here for us? <laughs> well, it, de- it depends on if uh, – well, I mean, everybody who saw the show last year or who's ever listened to anything I've ever said uh, probably knows knows what I'm thinking here. There's also various things, items around the office that I'm in that, that may may hint at what I might be thinking. But you never know. I, I, I got a Trey Young jersey coming in the mail. I could I could switch things up. You never know. Uh, Brian, you'll be drafting third. Just generally, how are, how is your mindset heading into this thing? Uh, I'm feeling good. I I work really hard on my room background. If, uh, if anyone's rating my room, I I position like, I position that light right there. Um, mostly, I I knew that Steve was going to go for Trey Young or Luka Doncic in the first round, and I'm I'm hoping that he, they're not available to him. Well, Drew, you're you're drafting right after Brian in the four hole. How are things shaping up for you with that fourth pick? Yeah, I think it's an interesting spot in drafts to see how the the top goes. If uh, if any of these rumors around, you know, James Harden out at nightclubs kind of impacts things and and people get scared off, you know, maybe maybe he can slide a little bit. But we'll see. Uh, four spot is also a very opportune spot for me to be very on brand uh, with my NBA Twitter game. So I'm I'm hoping that a player that I love very dearly will be available. All right. Well, we're just about a minute from this thing starting. Josh Lloyd from basketballmonster.com will be picking first, followed by Raphael Johnson of Roto World. Brian, as I mentioned, picking third. Uh, Fourth, Drew. Fifth is Steve. So we've got you guys three, four, five here. Dalton Del Don from Yahoo, who will be joining us later, is sixth. Jonas Nader from Roto World will be seventh, followed by Scott Bogman. Jared Johnson, Renee Miller, Ryan Knaus, and John Impemba for this 12-team, 13-round. As I said, this is a nine-category fantasy league we're drafting here, guys. So we're about 35 seconds from starting. Uh, Steve, who who are you thinking? Is, is there an obvious number one pick? It feels a little less obvious than in recent years. First of all, is Brian wearing a Riverfront Stadium shirt? I have to look. Yeah, I am. How did oh, you tell? Dude, that's where I watched all my baseball growing up as a kid. I didn't know that. I I had a pair of green seats that were actually from the stadium. Uh, The number one pick is not super obvious because, as Drew alluded to, James Harden is in limbo. So I I think if James Harden uh, is all in with the Rockets and there's none of this drama going on, it's it's a no-brainer. But uh, now things are a little interesting. Well, we are officially – we have Josh Lloyd on the clock here, and – there it is, James Harden first. Drew, given all the the kind of turmoil surrounding Harden in Houston, is that is that the pick you'd be making first overall? I think I still would. I think he has such a dominant nine-category game compared to the other uh, stars. And, and really everybody up at the top comes with a little bit of a risk to them. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has had some quotes that suggest – you know, where's his mind at kind of coming into the basketball season is a very tumultuous offseason dealing with COVID ramp rampaging through his family um, and Harden with the trade rumors. You know, if he plays with Houston, he's a very, very clear number one. If he got moved to Brooklyn, there could be a lot more competition for the rates that really challenge things. So I think Harden, A.D., Carl Anthony Towns, probably the the top three that are kind of working around there, but I don't think it's as clear as in past years. All right. Well, we saw Anthony Davis go second to Raphael. Brian, you're on the clock now. Talk us through what you're thinking here. Well, if, if anything, Carl um, <laughs> Anthony Towns at this point in his career is just a boring player for me. Um, 
And Luka Doncic is really exciting. I've never owned him. Steve always grabs him early. He's always a reach. And I have to I have to grab Luka and deny Steve Luka. Um, you are realize, never invited back ever that's again. Fine. Wow. It's, it's all worth it. Yeah. Man. Bombshell. We got to figure out how to transfer that jersey over to Steve. And I got to figure out how to sort out this relationship because I can sense the tension in the room. Drew, awkward moment now for you to really draft in the aftermath of, but talk us through it here. Really awkward. I feel, you know, in between a scorned uh, uh, lover set here. But <laughs> I, so I had my eyes on a player that, that I love dearly, Nikola Jokic who I think is a nine-category beast, can fill it up from all over. I love getting good free throw percentage um, and assists for my bigs. I think it's a sneaky way uh, to be able to build rosters. But Carl Anthony Towns is still there, too. I'm going to still lean with my heart a little bit here with Jokic. Uh, Mike Malone quotes talking about them trying to outscore everybody and, and shoot for 130 a game. So I'm going to I'm gonna go Jokic uh, and draft with my heart. But Cat but is a tough guy to, to pass over there. All right. Well, Steve, that takes us straight to you. Are, does this immediately put you in a tailspin? What's the what's the mindset at Dr. A headquarters right now? Well, I knew when I invited uh, Rosenworth to do this that he he there was a chance that this was going to happen. Um, you know, really the only reason I play fantasy hoops is is to draft Luca. There's really no other point for me. But um, I guess he won't be there when it gets back to me. And my guy, my other guy is Trey Trey Young. Ice Trey. So I'm drafting Trey Young, who is arguably the second most exciting player, young player in the NBA. So Steve is, is fully on tilt here already, Brian. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, Trey Young going to as a reach for Steve was very predictable. All right. Well, Dalton just took Steph Curry. As you'll see in a little bit, he's wearing an NBA Jam shirt with Steph's face on it. So no huge surprise there. I was thinking about Steph right there. What? Where do you guys land on Steph coming off a season where he only played five games? You just totally put that in the past, or or do you have to kind of keep that in mind, Drew? Yeah, I think you know it's it's a tough situation. Obviously, Clay Thompson's injury puts more pressure on that games played total for Steph because you know with Golden State, if they're going for it, Steph is going to be out there as much as he possibly can. If they're in a down year, they might take more time with him like they did last year. Uh, he's just such a nine-cap monster, though, on the percentages, and the usage rates should surge into the you know, low 30s, even up, upwards of mid-30s with the roster around him. Steve Kerr's had some quotes around him playing like 34 minutes a game and, and them saying they want to keep him to that, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I think there could be a monster, monster Steph Curry season left in him. And, I, and selfishly, I kind of hope there is still one more left in him. Those those Warriors teams uh, before KD were just so much fun to watch. And I hope we have some of those classic Steph games again this season. Brian, where, what are your feelings on Steph coming off his lost season? I mean, I love the idea of him having a huge comeback and just putting up monster stats. He's playing with Kelly Oubre this year. He's playing with uh, uh, Wiseman, the center that they drafted. So it's going to be a new team. He's just pretty much playing with Draymond um, and a bunch of guys he doesn't really play with in the past. So it's a bit of a wild card, but it's also a pretty safe bet. All right, well, we've seen – let's get caught up. After Curry, Carl Anthony Towns went seventh to Jonas Nader. Scott Bogman took Damian Lillard. Jason Tatum went ninth to Jared. And then we just saw John Collins go tenth to Renee. Steve, you and I have talked quite a bit about John Collins. Now the Hawks got a lot deeper. 
what's your level of concern? And is Collins still a clear, clear cut first round guy for you, given that, you know, he's now got Danilo Gallinari playing the same position. The Hawks are a lot deeper. Yeah. Last time you and I talked about it, I think I was, I was good with Collins. Then I talked to some, uh, another buddy of mine. Um, and, and I started thinking about it. The Hawks have, they're so deep that somebody is going to have to take a hit. And I, I think Collins, um, he's not going to put up, the numbers aren't going to be worse than they were last year, but I don't know that he is in a position where he can really take a, a big step forward. Having said that, I mean, he's still, he's a, he's a first round talent. Um, I just feel a little bit better taking him in the second round. I think. A couple intriguing picks guys toward the end of the first round there. Giannis goes 11th to Ryan and then John takes Russell Westbrook 12th. I'm a little surprised to see Westbrook going that early. What are your thoughts on him drew with the move to DC? I think the productivity will be similar for Russ as we've seen the last few years. I think the challenge with Russ is obviously in a nine cat format. There's two categories he really hits you hard on uh, often, which is, you know, field goal and, 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 uh, and our, excuse me, free throw and turnover. And then the field goal percentage hasn't been particularly great. Three point shooting hasn't been particularly great. So for me, he's not a first round pick in a nine cat format. I think he's, He's one of these players that it, it really depends on the format that you're playing in fantasy hoops. If you're playing points-based leagues, much, much more valuable player. Um, but as you extend out into categories, some of those categories he can be a real detriment towards. Well, and guys, Giannis to me is also a guy who goes first round based on name recognition. But when you talk about a guy who will completely sink you in a category before the season even starts, he, you know his free throw percentage around 63 on 10 attempts per game. You're basically punting free throws, Brian. Will you find yourself drafting Giannis much as this season unfolds early on? You know, if you're going to draft Giannis, you might want to look at Drummond. You might want to consider punting that category. But if he's falling to 11th, I'm absolutely grabbing him there. Well, one of the buzziest names of this pre-draft season or this draft season that we're now in, Shea Gilgis-Alexander goes to Renee. Obviously... The, the logic is Gildas Alexander is going to have, you know, be the focal point. Steve, do you think he's going to validate that se- early second round draft position? Yeah, she's banned too. That was my, that was my next pick. So there's two people we don't have to worry about next year. Um, no, I thought it was a great pick. I, I was all, I'm, I'm all about Shea. He's the only offensive weapon OKC has left. And I, I just don't see how he doesn't dominate uh, every aspect of the game this year. I, I love him. Well, Drew, we we talked about him on our podcast recently and and, you know, got some response from people saying, well, the cupboard's basically so bare there that defense are going to be able to key in on him. His field goal percentage is really going to suffer. Where do you land on that? Yeah, I have the field goal percentage dropping about 20 points. Um, So I think it is going to suffer, but I think you're just going to get a ton of volume that's really going to really going to kind of overwhelm. I do think he'll be more productive in, in points types formats. Um, the, the turnover rate is a concern. They're, they're saying they're going to have the ball in his hands a ton, but you're just going to get so much opportunity there and so many minutes per game and so much usage that I think some of the, some of the more primary statistics that people look at points, rebounds, assists, steals. I think those things are all going to be very, very strong for Shea. Um, I was, I was targeting him in, in my next pick coming back if he had gotten back to me, which it sounds like you wouldn't have with Doc. So, uh, so fine, fine by me that he's gone then. Cause I, I would have been more heartbreaking for it to happen right before me. It's a load management bonanza here in the second round guys. We had Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, all guys potentially who could see some, Oh, and then make it a fourth Joel. Oh. Embiid. So four in a row, 
that brings us to you, Steve. What are you looking at for this next pick? You basically already had your draft ruined. The draft is ruined. I don't even know where I am right now. Um, I'm looking at a few different guys. I, I may just keep the load management thing going with a player that was listed as probable for every single game he played in last year. Um, does the 20th pick for LeBron sound about right? It, it kind of does to me. Um, but man, the load man, the load management stuff uh, is, is pretty, pretty frightening with, with that whole team. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. He also qualifies at point guard, shooting yeah. guard and small forward, which yeah. I kind of like. Um, I, I'm just worried about missed games, but I'm taking LeBron. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Three, three three positional eligibilities in a league where you only have three bench players, pretty pretty valuable. Yeah. <laughs> so I would I would have snagged LeBron there too. I I think there's certainly lots of concerns with the rest and and they're being very outward and vocal and upfront about that those intentions. Probably some concerns on the defensive statistics as well, since LeBron's jokingly talked about just cherry picking the first half of the season all year long. Um, but I think that's, I, you know, second round value on LeBron is great, and especially the positional eligibility is a real help. All my targets were snagged from me, so I feel I feel a little bit bare here. But I also feel like the top guy left on the board is is a good value overall, and that's Bradley Beal. Certainly, some of the opportunities are are going to go by the wayside for Beal. Uh, with Russell Westbrook coming to town and soaking up a ton of usage and opportunity. But I think that'll help some of the efficiency stuff. And I think they're just going to be a team that continues to play offense first and very, very fast. And so um, Beal's one of these guys, again, positional eligibility, the shooting guard, small forward eligibility, gets get some of those dimes, sneaky dimes as well, if you're not going straight point guard early. Uh, so I'll take Bradley Beal. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to you, Brian. What's What are you looking at here for your second round pick? Number... Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at young players who are ascending right now. After seeing that run of uh, LeBron and Kawhi and KD and Paul George and all these guys who are going to be load managed, I'm feeling really good about DeAndre Aiden. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I probably have only read it and never have actually heard it pronounced. Um, but I feel really good about it, starting with Luca and Aiden as my first two picks. I got a big. I got a small. I'm crushing rebounds. Um, I like it. Hey, what, Steve, what what are your feelings on Aiton when it comes to you know playing with Chris Paul? You know he had such a frustrating season last year. We're going to be back to Brian in a second here, but quickly on Aiton with the suspension and everything. Do you think he's a guy who is primed to live up to that second round pick? I, I mean, it's it's now or never for Aiden. I, I kind of thought he was going to be better than he has been up to this point in his career. Playing with Chris Paul can only help. Um, I think it's a good. I think it's a good pairing, a good matchup, and uh, I, I do think Aiden's going to have a good year. All right. Well, we flew around that turn. Jimmy Butler, Yusuf Nurkic to Josh Lloyd, and then Fred Van Vliet to Josh as well, followed by Nikola Vucevic for Raphael in his third pick. So Brian, that's now back to you. you got a point guard. You got a center. You've got a couple young guys. Are you going to continue that trend? I mean, like now we're at the point in the draft where you can prove how um, awesome you are by like really digging in and like getting someone that just shocks everyone because you're not actually going to play this team. You're just trying to look cool. But I'm not going to do that. Um, 
<laughs> I am going to uh, I'm going to stay with an exciting team though, and I'm going to uh, and it and, you know it's like a high risk high reward now if I I throw Zion in there and I draft him third to go with Aiden and Luca. I got a young exciting team, guys. All right, well, we'll have plenty of chance to talk about Zion in a minute here and his fantasy outlook. But, Drew, you are actually on the clock now for your third-round pick. Where are you at? Yeah, this is tough. I've got three players here, two Utah Jazz members that I'm considering, and then Pascal Siakam. And I, I kind of am going back and forth with the start that I have to my team. Jokic and Beal gives me some flexibility on the percentages, certainly, and gives me you know a decent bit of three-point shooting and some assists as well. I think I'm leaning big here. And the question is, you know, is, is Siakam what we saw in the playoffs or is he uh, the playoffs in, in the bubble season or is he kind of what he was before? And it's just a big, a big difference in terms of his value. And I kind of keep going back and forth on it. So between Gobert and Siakam, hard to pass on Donovan Mitchell, but I think I've got a lot of scoring and, and a lot of kind of guards type statistics with Beal and Jokic. And so I think... I think I'm going to pull – no, I'm going to pull the trigger on Gobert. Get some of those blocks to go with Jokic. I need a big who, who can support some of the defensive statistics, specifically on the blocks side. So Rudy Gobert is my choice. I was quite sure you were headed toward Siakam there. So a couple of pump <laughs> fakes there. Because first Brian pump faked us with his whole draft plan and then switched it up. And then, yeah, I mean, that's a solid pick on Gobert. Gobert. And Steve, that brings us to you. Have you do, do you have the guy you actually want here this time? Uh, well, yeah, this is going to be the reach of all reaches right here, boys and girls and people. Um, you know, if I don't take this guy now, he's not going to be there when it comes back to me. I got a long wait. Uh, there's guys in this room that are waiting to pull the trigger on my man, Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. He's going to be starting for your Denver Nuggets and he is going to go crazy. It's too early. He's a four, fourth or fifth round guy, not a not a third. But uh, it was now or never. I, I, I've I've been destroyed once or twice already. I can't let it happen again. <laughs> yeah, the the aftershocks of the Luka Doncic pick here and uh, are are being felt. Um, guys, I want to circle back to Zion because I think he's a really polarizing guy in fantasy leagues. Uh, Drew, let's start with you. Where do you land on Zion as a fantasy prospect, considering we didn't see the defensive stats from him when he played last year? You know, seems like maybe more of a points league guy unless he really ups those. What are your thoughts on him as far as potentially improving in some of those categories? Yeah, that's the big question mark. Obviously, it was a pretty small sample with Zion, but it was a pretty small sample that we saw in college at Duke where he did get all those all those steals and blocks. Um, I'm, I have a feeling that with Stan Van Gundy, uh, shout out to JJ Redick and his quotes, uh, that there'll be a little bit more of a focus on the defensive end in New Orleans this year. But that's really the big difference maker for Zion. We know the field goal percentage is going to be great. We know the points and rebounds are going to be great. We know anybody who wants to pad their stats getting rebounds playing alongside Steven Adams is a great thing. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for upside for Zion. But really, the defensive statistics are going to be the thing that that changes whether he's you know a late first, early second round kind of upside pick or whether he's a guy that ends up delivering kind of third fourth round value because those stats are lacking brian quickly you guys are almost out of here we're, we're swapping you guys out after the third round just down the road from you kyrie irving goes there in the third round only played 20 games last year is that a guy you you would see yourself drafting given all the risk and all the potential reward i mean just living in brooklyn and looking at this team that i 
I think I root for this team, but I don't even recognize this team. Um, it's hard. I mean, Kyrie is a proven head case. He's a proven uh, immense <laughs> talent. Um, maybe KD is going to keep him in check. But I think that um, if you're drafting Kyrie, you're keeping your fingers crossed that he's going to play. And I don't know if he's going to even play enough games to merit a third-round pick. I'm with you. Drew? Not taking yeah. Kyrie or yeah, Kyrie is a tough one to, to to rely on. Just so many missed games over the last few years, and you got to figure that, you know, with with the way that they're going to be playing things, I, I think their focus is entirely going to be on positioning themselves the best they can for the playoffs, and not necessarily having a great regular season. Um, so I, I have the same concerns around Kyrie, and I also just have concerns. I think with both Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden right now with these trade rumors floating around, if Harden was to land in Brooklyn, yeah, that's great for the Nets. But from a fantasy perspective, there's only one ball. And all those guys are used to having the ball all the time. So I think there's probably more downside than upside to Kyrie at this point. Uh, well, Brian, we're out of here in a, in a minute with you. Any closing thoughts for you on your team quickly, uh, your first three picks? Um, I feel like we've got a lot of uh, question marks when you go Zion and Aiton. Um, I got to really hope for the best there. Just to be able to have Luca on my team and not on Steve's team while he's wearing a Luca jersey is it was no regrets. All right. Well, Steve, we'll be hearing from you a little later on for a postmortem after the draft. You guys can follow Drew at Drew Dinkmeyer. You can follow Brian at bull underscore of underscore Wurzel. So just figure out how to spell that one. Got to get as many underscores into that Twitter handle as you can. You guys can stop talking and focus on drafting right now. Thank you for joining us, fellas. We'll see you. All right, everyone. Want to quickly remind you to that you can dominate your drafts with Roto World's NBA Draft Guide for as little as three ninety nine a month. You can get access to hundreds of player profiles, rankings for eight cat, nine cat points, and dynasty leagues, customizable projections, positional tiers, and much more. Go to rotoworld.com slash edge for more and use promo code DRAFT10 for $10 off any annual premium package. Right now, we're going to welcome in our second group of experts. There's Ryan Knaus. There's Renee Miller. Both of their work you can see on Roto World. And John and Pemba from Fantasy Alarm. Guys, how are you doing? Have you been following the draft so far? And I guess let's just go around the room. Uh, Ryan, actually, Renee and John, we'll hear from you in a second. Ryan conveniently is on the clock. So, Ryan, talk us through what you're thinking here. Um, well, I'm thinking I just got sniped on Andre Drummond because my team is clearly uh, – I started with Giannis and then Bam and then Ben Simmons, so I was going full punt free throw percentage. I thought for sure Drummond would be there for me and I would have a lock on it. But um, unfortunately, <laughs> John took him right right out from under me with one, one pick before. So I'm going to pivot and take a shot on a young point guard and i'm torn between two but i am going to go with De'Aaron fox staying on brand with the bricked free throws bricked free throws are fine with me for now and uh you know it's not something that i intended to do but when Giannis falls to number 11 you kind of have to take him sure. um so I, I decided yeah that's fine if i if i lose one category but stack i mean with ben simmons bam and Giannis, i i hope i wish triple doubles were a category put it that way all right well john we'll hear from you in a second about your team so far renee you're on the clock so let us know how you feel about your team and uh what are you thinking on this pick hey everyone I am uh, 
like everyone else, have been sniped a couple times. Glad I got to get one uh, snipe of my own in with Gilgis Alexander. I, I know he's a popular man around this uh, around this draft. Um, I'm thinking another big here. Um, I feel like the last time I was in a league with you guys with two centers, I, I kind of missed the boat a little bit. So I'm going to go with another big. And there's a lot of um, options here. And I'm going to echo Brian a little bit and go with uh, somebody I think could be exciting and Christian Wood. Uh, new new home, new opportunities, good player. Well, Steve Alexander's not here, but I'm sure he just fell out of his chair with that pick, Renee. So, so he chatted it. <laughs> I am officially his least favorite person. I maybe. think Steve has banned about eight different people already, and we're only early in round four. Uh, John, let's hear from you. You kind of, in my mind took maybe the big bombshell pick so far with Russell Westbrook 12. Talk about mm -hmm. that one and just your draft so far. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I understand, uh, you know, being a nine-category league like you guys are mentioning, uh, yeah, you know, he's going to struggle with the turnovers and, he, you know, he's not going to give me a lot of three-point percentage and uh, free throw percentage maybe down there as well. But uh, I like the fact that he's still filling up the box score. I mean, playing next to a guy like Harden last year, uh, you know, he still gave you, you know, over 20 points per game, seven assists, seven rebounds. And I was going uh, into a new situation in Washington where – Bradley Beal is a high usage player, but he's not the usage player that James Harden is. I think we're going to see almost closer to a player that we saw from Westbrook in his Thunder days where maybe he was nearing a triple-double. You know, he averaged a triple-double uh, for three seasons. So I certainly understand the category format here, and I definitely felt like it was a little bit of a reach at the time. Um, but I just like the spot for him. I like what he can bring to my team. And, you know, I feel like some of his deficiencies that he has, I could follow up and sort of, uh, you know, fix as we move down the draft. You know, I replaced his three-point um, you know, shooting deficiencies with Booker right after that, Zach Levine. So while he has some weaknesses, um, I, I'm okay with go ahead and taking a guy that could, you know, give me four categories. You know, last year defensively, uh, he, he averaged over a steal per game as well. So I have just some solid numbers all around there. Yeah, and we did see Westbrook fix some of those percentage issues to some extent last year, 47 from the field, 76 from the line. Yeah. So maybe he's not going to quite be the anchor he was in those areas in recent years. Just getting caught up. After Renee took Christian Wood, John Morant went to Jared. Scott took Pascal Siakam, who was being talked about in round three. Brandon Ingram then went. Jamal Murray, Buddy Heald. Renee, any of those recent picks or any of the picks in round four after you really standing out to you? Um, Siakam was one that I was considering, too. I know Drew talked about him earlier. Um and John Morant too. I, I think um, he was he was one that um, the the pre-draft rankings had um, I think really low, and uh, I think he's gonna. I think he's good value here at round four. Ryan, I want to ask you. We, you know, we saw LeBron go in the second round to Steve. Uh, we've seen some other guys. You know, Jokic went early, of course. Some of these guys who were in the NBA bubble deep into the playoffs, Jimmy Butler too. Where do you what do you make of the, these guys where they played so deep into last season, such a quick turnaround? These are also some of these guys over 30 years old. Are you concerned about LeBron, Butler, and players along those lines being managed a lot early in the season potentially? 
yes, it is situational, of course. So LeBron, absolutely. Uh, I think Drew mentioned earlier that LeBron is basically, you know, might cherry pick some games, definitely going to get rest days. You could say the same thing for Anthony Davis. Uh, really, any veteran on that team, they're obviously geared up to just win another championship. That's their sole concern. So I'm surprised that Steve took LeBron there. He's not at his best in nine cat that's lebron not steve um and you know with the ir concerns added to it i think that's that's a tough pick uh, it's different for a guy like jimmy butler who has built his career i mean he's super durable that's part of the reason fantasy fantasy owners love him uh, as well as high volume excellent free throw percentages you know kind of across the board stats but I don't look at him as as big of a risk to, to rest. I feel like he's a guy who just wants to be out there every single game at this point in his career. Um, and Jokic and Jamal Murray, those types of guys younger. Um, Jokic, maybe uh, the short offseason was good because he's gotten out of shape a couple times over the summers with with months and months to rest. So, um, hey, maybe that plays in, into his favor. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not enough time for Jokic to get out of shape. Uh, <laughs> just getting us caught up. Buddy Heald to Steve, then Kyle Lowry to Montes Sabonis, CJ McCollum, D'Angelo Russell to finish out round four. Now we're into round five. Jonas Valanciunas, Drew Holiday, and then DeMar DeRozan to Rosenworcel. Uh, some nice synergy there. John, you know, what do you think of Drew Holiday in Milwaukee? This is a player who I think was going in the, toward the end of the first round in a lot of fantasy drafts last year. He's all the way to round five here. Is that a guy... Do you see that as good value at this point? Yeah, I mean, the thing with him now is that he's obviously moving to a team where he has to compete with, you know, Giannis for touches, which he's not going to win. Uh, and then Middleton's there as well, has always been sort of the number two uh, player there. So, you know, he's largely just replacing the role that Eric Bledsoe had on that team. And we saw, you know, when Bledsoe joined that organization, now his numbers had dipped down from when he was with prior teams. So, um, you know, I, I don't really know exactly how much upside Holiday is going to have, knowing that he's playing third fiddle in that offense. But, you know, I think he's going to be at least a very safe place and give you a lot of nice floor numbers. Um, so I don't hate him in round five. I think you could obviously uh, maybe go, uh, you know, more boomer bust with some higher upside players in this round. Um, but I think he's safe. He's a guy that you can rely on night in, night out. Well, Renee, along the lines that John was just talking about, we saw Lonzo Ball go three picks after Drew Holiday. You're talking about kind of a proven, safe veteran versus an upside young guy. Where do you land when, when you – come to decide between those two point guards that's tough i'd probably go with uh drew holiday um just because he because of that consistency in the multi-category production that he's going to give night in and night out i think ball is like really good when he's really good but um really bad when he's not so um rather than the the high low sort of cardiac <laughs> uh i think he's more of a heart attack player i guess is what i'm saying ball Ryan, Mitchell Robinson and Tom Thibodeau, I think, is an interesting pairing, an explosive, exciting young guy playing for a coach who sort of famously loves to play veterans. Do you think there's a chance that Robinson can win that position battle with Nerlens Noel in New York and, and validate going this early in the draft? There's definitely a chance simply because he has that potential. We've seen what he can do on a per minute basis. Fantastic. That comes with the massive asterisk that per minute he also averages a ton. So I think in 36 minutes, he's averaging seven personal fouls, something like that. So if he can't 
avoid that. And it was a topic of conversation before last year. And he said, I'm going to, you know, keep my hands up, stay vertical, all these different things he was going to do to stay out of foul trouble. None of them worked. Uh, now you have a coach who, as you said, tends to shy away from young players. If we see mental lapses on the court, he's not afraid to yank you. He wants maximum defensive effort every possession. We have not seen that from Mitchell Robinson. So I think drafting him this early was a bit of a reach just because of the big letdown from last year. And I'm not sure that with Nerland's no uh, Noel there, that Mitch Rob has a real path to 30 minutes a game. John, what are your thoughts on Mitchell Robinson? It was a scarring experience for some of us <laughs> in, in early early in drafts last year. Yeah, Mitch Robinson has been one of my favorite DFS plays for that reason. Basically, he's so boomer bust. He doesn't really need a ton of minutes uh, to be overly effective, but the fouls, man, that's just something that uh, he really has to learn from. Hopefully, you know, a veteran coach like Thibodeau uh, can rein that in a little bit. You know, maybe, you know, being Thibodeau being more of a defensive coach uh, can help him out and keep him out of foul trouble so he can stay on the floor. Uh, but to your point, you know, he does like to play veterans. Uh, the one thing, though, is if he does start, you know, Thibodeau does typically like to also play starters uh, for as about as many minutes as they could possibly handle. So uh, if it's something that he can change this year, you know, then there's definitely some upside. But like you guys are saying right now, it's another kind of like high upside, you know, low floor play. Well, some fresh chances for all of you to snipe one another here as we go back to back to back. Renee, you just took OG Ananobi. Uh, what's the thought process process on that pick? Uh, again, another kind of multi-category guy. I'm really trying to stretch myself here because I write um, a lot of the DFS NBA content for Roto World and don't really play in season-long leagues except for with you guys. So um, trying to get my head around the multi-category nine-cat um, scoring format versus points and um, just a guy that I think can do anything that can play a lot of minutes when he's healthy and, um, yeah, just kind of all around. All right, and, well, and a couple of people I was really looking at got taken right before me. So and that would be I, I wanted to say too, I, I like the Jaron Jackson pick. Jaron Jackson, yeah, it, it potentially a great value there. Coming off knee surgery, probably the only reason he went that late. Ryan, you just Especially, took Jay go ahead, Ryan. In a league with two IR spots, which we have, Jaren, that makes Jaron Jackson Jr. that much more appealing for sure. Tell us about your Jalen Brown pick, Ryan. Uh, I love Jalen Brown. I think without Gordon Hayward there, Brown and Marcus Smart are going to get a big boost. I love Jalen Brown, uh, especially because he's not a good free throw shooter. I don't care about that. So that bumps him up probably a round or two. Even in my book. So I have him as an easy top 50 value. Uh, so that was a pretty simple pick for me. He gives me positional versatility too, which I was looking for. John, you are on the clock for two here. Your first yep. one was Tobias Harris. What's the thought? with this next pick or with the Harris pick? It was both. Yeah, so I was actually hoping to get Jalen Brown myself, you know, being from Boston. That was kind of a guy I like for all the same kind of reasons you pointed out. You know, there is no Gordon Hayward. We know Kemba is going to be, you know, limited to start, uh, you know, may not even begin the year healthy. And, you know, we've seen Jalen really take those next leaps um, in his career, which is the past couple of seasons. So I was expecting uh, maybe to get him, but I'm happy with Tobias Harris here as well. Um, again, just kind of a safe category guy that fills up um, you know, across the board. I like that he can shoot some threes. He's not a terrible free throw shooter. Field goal percentage is fine. He rebounds and scores. So it kind of fills it all for me at a position, you know, power forward, small forward, where depth kind of disappears. So uh, I kind of like uh, grabbing him there. Uh, and then another guy that I'm actually going to take on the board right now, um, you know, you mentioned the IR spot. It was somebody I wasn't sure 
how quickly he was going to be taken. But I'm going to take Porzingis. Um, you know, I know he's not going to be due back till mid-January. Um, he's going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season. But you know, as the season gets rolling along, when we saw last year when he was on the floor and healthy, he was putting up some big-time numbers. He even figured out finally him and Luca got going together. So, uh, you know, it can stash him for now and then get that production later in the year. In the past, we've said, oh, won't be back until January. Seemed like a long time. Very right. different story this year. Yeah, two weeks, three, maybe three weeks, you know. <laughs> exactly. So. so, Ryan, you're up now for your sixth round pick. What are you thinking? I'm going to take Miles Turner. Simply because round six feels like a great place for him. Uh, the Pacers have a new coach, Nate Bjorkren, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he wants to push the pace. I think that plays into everybody's fantasy favor. That's always good news to hear. It doesn't always pan out, of course. Uh, coaches might not have the personnel. And the real question is how Miles Turner can play alongside DeMontis Sabonis. So we saw last year he was relegated to a stretch stretch five, stretch four kind of role where he was at the perimeter most of the time. Didn't do his rebounding numbers any favors. Uh, I'm looking for a minor bounce back season here. And as I said, I think round six is kind of his floor. So I'm, it's a pretty safe pick. And it gives me another center eligible guy in a league that requires two centers. Well, and I think because of those blocks, the, the shot blocking, he's basically guaranteed a floor in a worst case scenario. So exactly. he, he's boring at worst, but still valuable. Renee, you just took a guy who I wouldn't describe as boring at all. Maybe more exciting boomer bust Thomas Bryant. So take us through that one. Yeah, I like the Wizards to really take a step forward. Um, I think they'll be infused and excited by having Russell Westbrook there. We've already talked about Beal a little bit. And Bryant, when he played 30 minutes, he was great. I mean, he was like a night in, night out DFS play. And um, again, with my fear of running out of centers, <laughs> um, I'm going to have to shift gears here coming up. But I wanted to get another solid one, the clear starter. Well, a, a big run on big men here. Porzingis, Turner, Thomas Bryant, Hassan Whiteside, now with the Kings, of course, and LaMarcus Aldridge, followed by DeJounte Murray. John, I want to ask you about Aldridge. Saw him have a career best in three-pointers last year, 1.2 per game, a career best 1.6 blocks in his mid-30s. Yeah. What are your feelings on drafting a, a player like Aldridge, who you know we all tend to be scared of players – in their mid thirties, but maybe he's one of the exceptions to that rule. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't actually interesting to see him sort of take those leaps in the outside game. And I feel like we're seeing a lot of uh, the veteran players sort of, uh, you know, to extend their career, almost start becoming three point shooters. You know, we started a Vince Carter during his final years as well. Uh, so, you know, we see Aldridge now, you know, his, you know, attempts went down a little bit, his points per game and rebounds went down. He's playing further away from uh, the basket, but he's being committed to shooting threes. Now, my question this year, uh, you know, are they going to play him, continue to play him at the center position where he played the majority of the time last year? They did sign, you know, Jakob Pertl to an extension this season. Do they move Aldridge back to the power forward and let him play, you know, the stretch four position? So um, I don't mind if that's what they're going to do, save his body a little bit and let him sort of just hang on the perimeter. Uh, you just have to know that, you know, the rebounds could come down again. Um, you know, the block number is definitely an interesting thing to see him go up 1.6, but that could be because he's playing the center spot. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how they utilize him this year. All right. Well, Renee, we're almost at the end of round six. That means you guys are out here in a second. Quickly want to get your parting thoughts on your squad through six picks. Uh, it's shaping up. I've got some guys I like. I don't have anybody I feel bad about. Um, I, my my bigs are covered. Um, I've got a lot of versatility with Anunoby and Middleton, the stud and Gilgis Alexander. 
All right. Well, Ryan, we'll be hearing from you later on as well to kind of give a postmortem on this thing. Um, you can follow be these sure, guys. Oh, go ahead. Be sure to talk to ask the next group about Steve's pick of Chris Boucher at, uh, yeah. <laughs> this last round. That was a reach. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. Um, you can follow these guys at Knaus underscore RW at Renee Miller 01 at J Impemba 777. Guys, thanks Thank so you. much for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Want to take a second to remind you all to check out the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by me, featuring a number of the writers you're hearing and seeing here today during the season. We'll be releasing new episodes every Tuesday and Friday, talking waiver wire pickups, season-long trends, and plenty of DFS as well. Subscribe to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. All right, that's going to bring us now to rounds seven through nine of our draft as we welcome in our next group of experts, Jonas Nader to my right, below him, Dalton Del Don from Yahoo Sports, and Scott Bogman from the In This League podcast, lower left with the Texas Longhorns insignia behind him. Fellas, welcome. Just getting caught up. Uh, let's see, who's up next? Well, Jonas, you're going to be on the clock next here as I attempt to expand the draft. Wow. You know. Uh, so Jonas, why don't you take us through what you, oh, Dalton, Dalton, you're actually up. My bad. Uh, take us through what you're thinking for your seventh round pick. All right. Well, DeJounte Murray was stolen from me with my last pick, one pick before me. So I also like Derek White. I like what the Spurs are doing with the backcourt. So I will go there, but man, this is so wild jumping in and out, trying to follow this draft. And, uh, it's been, a been a fun one so far. A very, uh, interesting one. Trey Young went directly before me in round one. I uh, had to be a homer. I went with my guy, Stephen Curry. Um, and then one pick before me, Durant went round two. I nearly went with my NBA GM t-shirt with Durant and Curry to start it off. But, uh, anyway, fun draft so far. All right, uh, Jonas, you're on the clock. You've made six okay. picks so far. Uh, what are you thinking here? So here's my thinking. I've already won the league by taking Jaron Jackson in the fifth round. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just going to get some insurance here with Brandon Clark, the guy who's going to be starting for him for the first month. Uh, this is a guy, his steal rate dropped dramatically in the NBA, but I think that picks back up. And this is a guy who was averaging like seven stocks for 36 minutes in college. I'm taking Brandon Clark here, and I'm very happy with that at 79 overall. All right. Well, Scott, now you are up here with your seventh round pick. You just went LaMarcus Aldridge last round. Three power forwards in a row for you. What direction are you headed? Yeah, I started out the draft going with guards, uh, very, very heavy guards. Lillard, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard as my first three picks. So I have worked on the other end coming up here. And uh, I, I think I'm going to go with another big man. Uh, the centers start to get really, really thin. I think Renee was uh, alluding to that earlier. So I'm going to take Laurie Markin in here. Uh, Bulls got a new coach. I'm excited to see what he is going to do there. And it adds to my front court, which I need after spending so many of those early picks on guards. Guys, Steve Alexander's basically been on tilt from moment one of this draft <laughs> when Luka Doncic was taken from him. He took Chris Boucher in round six. Dalton, do you have an opinion on that pick? Does that feel early to you for a guy like Boucher, who potentially is only playing minutes in the 20s? I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a gamble, but um, no, I thought it was fine, especially if you needed a big there. The upsides uh, right there, it, it, this draft has been very aggressive. If Steve wouldn't have taken him there, he probably wouldn't have came back. So I have no problem with it. Uh, this, this draft has been full of aggressive picks, so I'm all for it. He's a guy that could be, um, could be a real big upside pick if he does get the minutes. Uh, I like it. I like it, actually. 
Larry Markkinen is a player who I think is super polarizing for people. And Jonas, I want to get your opinion on Larry Markkinen taking one pick after Brandon Clark. Basically, are you in or out on Markkinen this year? Um, in this round, I'm in. I'm, I definitely uh, buy what Bogman's saying. I mean, Jim Bolin completely misused him last year. He's not like a, a stand and still uh, spot up shooter who needs to be more active around the rim. I think this is a perfect bounce back opportunity for him. And I don't want to like say a player per, a player that's already on the board still here is Wendell Carter Jr. is another bounce back candidate in Chicago. Everyone on that team's getting a bump without Jim Boylan. Let's just be honest. So I, I love the pick. Now we just saw Devontae Graham go, Scott. I think the logical question is how does this backcourt shake out with LaMelo Ball there? And you, of course, have Terry Rogier there as well. Graham got so much volume last year. He was kind of a headache maybe more than kind of a headache in percentage-based leagues with his field goal percentage. Is that a guy you would find yourself drafting this year? Yeah, I was actually a little upset that he went. So uh, that is a, a great pick here. I mean, you know, you have to make sure that you have a good field goal percentage. Him shooting 38.2% uh, last year is not fun, but he is a late-round guy that has a bunch of assists. There is a little bit of diciness, as you mentioned, going into the season with him because of uh, the uh, messed up backcourt. I mean, not messed up really, but so many options there. But I do think he he has earned his spot. So I like that pick in this round. All right. Well, after Markkinen, who we talked about, Rubio, the aforementioned Devontae Graham, Jeremy Grant ticketed for a potentially much bigger role in Detroit. Dalton, are you buying into that narrative that Grant, the Detroit Piston, who wanted a bigger role with the move to Detroit, actually gets it? Yes, um, yeah, there's not a lot of other options there. Of course, Blake Griffin will suffer an injury before we know it. Like DeLon Wright is a sleeper there. Killian Hayes right away is one of my favorite rookies in fantasy. But yeah, Grant could wouldn't be surprised if he quickly became the man there. So he's a, another fun, aggressive pick. I'll circle back to my aggressive picks here. MPJ went right before me in round three. Draft Michael Porter Jr. I, I, I wasn't in the room, so I couldn't hear the discussion. But man, uh, that allowed me to get Kyrie Irving, which I'm assembling one of the most injury-prone fantasy teams. <laughs> man, here, so we'll we'll see if I can add a couple more here before it's done. But what a start here with Curry, Embiid, and Kyrie Irving, and then later adding Gordon Hayward. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely swinging for the fences here with my picks as far as taking some risks. You taking Curry was actually taken off the board when you showed up in that NBA Jam shirt with Curry's face on it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Michael Porter Jr. pick, there was so much chaos in those first three rounds. I don't even know if we really got a chance to properly react to it. Jonas, what are your thoughts on Michael Porter Jr. in the third round? I think we all agree that was early. How early do you think that was? I mean, we all laughed at Steve last year when he picked Luca number one overall, and then he just had this monster year so. When Steve does something, it gets your attention. I don't mind it. Like, I've had three drafts so far where I've seen Michael Porter Jr. go round five and six where I had him, like, on my queue ready to go. So if you really want him on your team this year, I don't think third round's that bad, to be honest, because this was a guy that was, I think it was eighth or ninth in the bubble for first-round value. So a really impressive player. I'm not buying the whole narrative that uh, Malone's going to, like, hold him back. I think he's going to be a star this year. And I think third round, in a league with competitive managers like this, I think that's where you need to take him. Scott, you're coming up here with your eighth round pick. We just saw Kobe White go off the board. We talked about the post-Jim Boylan Bulls. Do you like Kobe White to continue some of what we saw down the stretch last year? And and as you keep going, take us through what you're thinking with this next pick. Yeah, I do. I do like Kobe White this year. I think there's uh, a lot of nice point guards around here, but he, he offers some quality upside. Uh, for my pick, I'm going to go with 
a point guard with some downside for sure. But he's coming back. He says he's healthy. Just got traded to a new team. I'm going to take uh, my new guy, John Wall. I am a Rockets fan, so I'm going to indulge myself a little bit here. But after going with four straight forward center qualifying players, after starting out with three guards, I'm going to make that. I'm going to pull the trigger here on John Wall. Look good in uh, the first uh, shots of camp. There's a little bit of question uh, question to when Harden's going to come in and how happy he is in this situation. So I think we could be in for a, a nice value pick here at John Wall this late in the draft. A little terrifying to take a guy who hasn't played in a game in two years, but then again, when it's the eighth round, it's considerably less terrifying. Jonas, <laughs> you are now on the clock with about a minute left in the eighth round. What are you thinking? And I know exactly who I'm taking. So I'm taking a guy that should not be available to pick 90, but because Steve Kerr spoke up and said, you know, there's an open uh, starting spot at center between James Wiseman, Marquise Chris, and Kevin Looney. I'm like, come on. Wiseman's going to win that job easily. I'm taking him here. <laughs> a guy that had five blocks per 40 as a, a freshman that only played three games. But this is an easy pick. Kevin Looney cannot move anymore. I'm sorry. He, he's done. Marquise Kiss might get 20 minutes, but I think Wiseman's going to get 28, and I think he's going to be a monster. Don't right know. I was studying your face there, Dalton, to see if you would betray any reaction to the Wiseman pick. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on that, and where are you going Good. here? Yeah, a couple things. A, I, I don't even have a center yet, so I, I badly need one. And B, I'm a Warriors guy, uh, clearly. So, yeah, that was a, a double swoop there. Very hurtful. Um, Weissman, <laughs> yeah, I love him, man. I'm all in on Weissman. I wasn't sure where to go. I'm not a big college guy, so I just got into the depth once I became apparent the Warriors are going to have an early pick. And I, I became all in, and it seemed like it was lucky fell number two. It could go either way here, but I think he's going to be a nice rim protector and rim runner right away. And he's right about Looney, man. I, I hope the health could somehow recover, but that's an extreme long shot at this point. And Chris is horrible defender. So yeah, Weissman, I, I like him quite a bit. So I will go with, before my time runs out, uh, Steven Adams, another center, obviously a little less upside there, but new environment, new team, maybe he'll get more run. Hayes doesn't quite look ready, but uh, yeah, I prefer Weissman, way more upside. There's two names that recently got drafted I want to talk about, guys. And let's start with one of the buzz names from the real NBA draft recently went in this draft. That would be LaMelo Ball to Jared. I just want to go around the room. We'll start with you, Scott. We we know what LaMelo Ball can potentially do in terms of counting stats. We also know the kind of damage he could potentially do to your percentages in a nine-category league. Is that a risk you'd be willing to take? You just took John Wall, so potentially the same kind of player statistically. Would you find yourself drafting Ball this draft season? Um, I, he'd, he'd have to fall. And this is about appropriate, I think right here where, uh, he just went, but you know, I already alluded to the backcourt in Charlotte being very, very deep. So if there's any type of a rookie wall that he hits, he's going to, uh, you know, see fewer minutes. Um, you know, the NBA is a giant adjustment for these guys, even coming from a professional league like LaMelo is. So it's tough for me to say that I would take him. In, in general, I do like rookies. I think they're good risks, but I don't know that anyone in this class I'm really, really going out on a limb for. So uh, I do like him in this spot, but I don't know how many shares I'll have of him this year. Dalton, would you be in on ball? And your guy, Killian Hayes, just went there toward the end of round eight. Where, where do you stack up those two rookie point guards? Yeah, I personally like Hayes a little bit more this year in year one. Ball, you know, dealing with Graham and Rozier, the minutes there, and just the shooting percentages. So I have him a bit lower, but I mean, whatever. I mean, obviously upsides there with these the unknown. I have no problem with guys taking the unknown. I usually swing for the fence with those two. But as far as the rookie rankings, I personally have a Hayes a decent amount higher on my rankings. 
Jonas, are you a a drafter of rookie point guards, and is are you are you willing to weather the percentage storm of Lamelo Ball? Not anymore. I mean, we saw how impressive John Morant was last year, and he was a twelfth round value. So the learning curve for point guards in the NBA is massive. I'm staying away from Lamelo. He kind of forces you into that three category punt, the percentages and turnovers. Uh, and he's not even a good three point shooter yet. I think that will come in time, but I'm kind of staying away from Lamelo. Like I said. Unless you have a team with like Westbrook, Giannis, or Ben Simmons, he'd be a good fit with those guys. But for me, in this build, he's a he's a no go for me. Karis Levert just went. Scott, obviously, we saw Levert lighting it up in the bubble for a stretch there. Much different landscape with Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, presumably healthy in Brooklyn. Round nine, not a lot to lose. But is are there concerns for you with Levert given the way the Nets have changed? Yeah, I think there's uh, concerns with a lot of guys on the Nets. Uh, so for me, absolutely. I don't think I'm going to take Levert here, but uh, I understand the upside. And you're right, he did absolutely look great in that bubble. So, uh, you know, a pick that I'm, I'm not probably going to make, but I understand the upside here. All right, we are coming up on you guys once again, the three of you in a row. It's been very civil. I, I don't feel like there's been... Well, I guess I guess Scott maybe took Wiseman from Dalton there, but Dalton, you're up now with your ninth pick, the last pick you'll be making with us here before we bring in the next group. What are you aiming for? Oh man, uh, this is getting ugly here. Blake Griffin is gonna get. Is he, yeah, Blake Griffin's gonna get hurt. I can't add him. This is a reach. I don't care. Uh, Boogie Cousins. I don't know. Oh. Man. Uh, I mean, I need a center. It's not gonna come back to me for a while. If things break right, crazier things have happened. That's definitely a, a sleeper that could could go bust quite quickly, but I need a center, so why not? I mean, when we last saw Boogie healthy with the Warriors, he was putting up pretty good numbers. So I think in the ninth round, that's a pretty intriguing gamble. Jonas, you are now up with your ninth round pick, the last one you'll be making with us before we bring in our last group of experts. What are you looking at? And this is a guy I was going to take around pick 75 before the Hawks signed every free agent note to man. It's Cam Reddish. I still like him a lot as a feels, assists. Three-pointers guy, really turned it on late in the season last year. You're a Hawks guy, so you, you know. He's, he's going to be a two-way stud. I think um, he'll be a little uh, stumbly out of the gate, but I think he's going to have big upside late. I think he's going to be the Atlanta Hawks' third-best fantasy player this year. Yeah, I think the Danilo Gallinari coming off the bench news is potentially huge for Reddish, who could still earn that starting small forward role. So I think that's a fun pick there in the ninth round. Scott, your ninth-round pick is going to be I'm going to homer out. I'm going to go with a, a former Texas Longhorn here. I'm going to take my guy, Jared Allen. Uh, centers are going to start evaporating. Uh, and he really does the stuff that you're not too worried about the other guys in Brooklyn taking over. It's blocks. It's rebounds. Uh, you know, real good field goal percentage as well for a big man. So I am absolutely going to homer, homer out and take my Longhorn. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. 
Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, quick party thoughts from you guys. Dalton, your quick thoughts mm-hmm. on your first nine rounds. Fun draft. I like uh, the upside, but I have a lot of injury concerns here. But I wanted to, this just reminded me, it's someone who lives uh, about an hour down the road in I-5 where the Kings play. Pretty funny to see Marvin Bagley get drafted in this round when Luka Doncic is going whenever yeah. he went first, whatever consideration. I mean, it's just... <laughs> ridiculous and then the kings you know, they just they fire the people make those decisions and just move on but what a ridiculous franchise crushing decision that was so obvious at the time you know hate killing people after the fact but what a joke passing on Doncic in a two-team two-person draft getting the number two pick and blowing it nightmare king all right uh jonas want to quickly get your thoughts on your squad so far i think you basically already declared yourself the winner of the league do i have that right yeah. <laughs> sure any, any other thoughts on your... Uh, right. Yes, I got Cat at 7, which I think is a steal. I think he's a top 3 fantasy yeah. guy. KD at 18, even if you factor in... Like, you're factoring in 8 games missed, probably 8 or 10. So that's a steal at 18. Donnie Mitch averaged 36 points per game in the playoffs, 4.7 triples. Going to be the leap for him. Brandon Ingram, his assist percentage jumps from 16% to 25% without Drew. Another big year for him. And then JJJ, like I said, second player in NBA history to average 2.5 triples and 1.5 blocks. He's only 21 years old. It's going to be a monster when he comes back. All right, Scott, your final word on your squad so far. Yeah, I, I built this team uh, a little bit opposite of what I like. I usually like to start at center and move backwards towards the point guards. But because Lillard, Lillard fell to me at eight and then uh, Kawhi Leonard fell to me into the second round, I have built this team kind of opposite of what I like. But I started out with Lillard. Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, and I have built from the other side moving forward with uh, Siakam, Covington, Aldridge, Markkanen, uh, Jared Allen, and John Wall. So now I think I need at least another uh, shooting guard, small forward because of Kawhi Leonard's uh, concerns with sitting, and I need some point guard depth. So that's what I'm going to work on for the rest of this draft. All right, fellas, thanks so much for joining us. You can follow these guys at Jonas Nader, at Bogman Sports, and at Dalton Del Don. All right, well, while a good draft will put you on the path toward glory, it's only half the battle for as little as $3.99 a month. Get access to our season tools to take advantage of daily, weekly, and rest-of-season projections, weekly positional tiers and rankings, trade analyzer, start-sit tool, and much more. Go to rotoworld.com slash edge for more and use the promo code DRAFT10 for $10 off any annual premium package. Here to take us the rest of the way for rounds 10 through four, ten through 13, our fourth group, the final group. I'm tentatively calling this group the Killer Jays. Jared Johnson from Roto World, Raphael Johnson from Roto World, and Josh Lloyd from Basketball Monster, who in Australia, I believe, woke up at something like four in the morning to join us here. So, Josh, let's start with you. You've been waiting. How's your how's your mindset here as we get into the final rounds? Um, yeah, I'm relatively relatively happy with how the team is looking uh, so far. I'm a, I'm a little short on forwards. I've had to just really go with the forwards the last couple of rounds, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's going. Yeah, you picked first, and you took James Harden, followed that up with Yusuf Nurkic in round two. Uh, Raphael, you had the number two pick, started off with Anthony Davis and Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. How are you feeling about the squad? 
I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I like the fact that I've got a lot of positional versatility in my team, uh, guys that can be used in multiple spots um, throughout the course of the season. So that's that's big. Um, I'm really happy that I was able to get Killian Ace. I know um, Jared wasn't too thrilled with me uh. about that. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I was really happy to get him. I got a little nervous when LaMelo Ball and James Wiseman went off the board. But Killian's in a good spot. He's going to start right away for Detroit. So, I really like him. He's my top rookie in the draft guide too. So yeah. glad to have him. It's so late in the draft. I love a good Jared Johnson getting angry at a pick moment. <laughs> I hope we're not too late in the draft for some of those to happen. Jared, you started off with someone named Jason Tatum and Paul George. How are you feeling about what you've done so far? Uh, I've had to change strategies a lot. I've been getting ridiculously sniped. The Ryan Jeremy Graham pick just like ruined everything for me. Uh, let me just make this pick right here. By the way, in the previous round, instead of Boogie, this is who should have came off the board. I'm very happy to get him late. I needed a center, and uh, I think he's gonna. I think he has a decent chance of starting in New York. Honestly, um, Tom Thibodeau was talking. He was asked about Mitchell Robinson. And he unprompted brought up Nerlens Noel. We all know um, how Tibbs is, and his. I think that him and Noel are gonna love each other. And even if Noel is just getting twenty minutes a night, as we saw last season, he's capable of putting up mid-round value. Um, that was a need pick right there. And uh, I don't know. I've been sniped a ton, and I've changed. Like I was not planning on having Lamelo Ball, but. I kind of like it because I, I didn't get the guards early, but they came to me late. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's It's been an interesting draft so far. Hey, Josh, we just saw two of maybe the scariest veterans to draft go off the board in Kemba Walker and Blake Griffin. It, it, I mean, that's insane, really, how far Kemba Walker's draft stock has fallen. Do you think we're at a point now where he's actually potentially a great value, or are you just staying away regardless? I don't mind taking him at this point. Look, we're in round, what, 10. Um, yeah, this is a guy that, if he's playing, he's possibly going to be a top 50, top 60 guy when he's actually on the court. Now, of course, he's going to miss plenty of time. But at this stage, like when you look at your team realistically, you're probably going to be dropping four, five, six guys that you draft anyway. And if he's one of those guys that you have to move on, I don't think that's uh, the end of the world uh, at, at this point in the draft anyway. Raph, you just took a guy who a lot of people wanted to drop at points last season. He eventually turned it around, Mike Conley. What are you thinking on Conley coming into the season? How How's your outlook? And speaking of people who tormented Jared last year, uh, we can get into that later. But, but what are your thoughts on, on the Mike Conley pick? I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, it was a tough adjustment for him in Utah. He spent his entire career in Memphis before that, obviously. But I think he's going to be a bit better in terms of his role within that team as a starting point guard. Um, being able to to bounce with Donovan Mitchell a bit better than he did last season, and also the Joe Ingles factor too. I thought that was an impact. That was an issue for both of those guys. I think that Conley is going to be much improved this this coming season. Josh Lloyd, you are on the clock for two picks here. Talk us through what you're thinking. Well, I was going to take Conley uh, until he was just uh, taken out of my grasp. So I I've got one forward spot to fill, but I've got back to back picks here. So I'm going to take a forward here. I'm a little hesitant with it, but I'll take Otto Porter uh, at uh, this point. Um, I think there's value in here. It 
it's a hundred pick 120. So I'm okay yeah. with picking Oren Porter. There. I think that's pretty strong value. I was also going to take Darius Basley, who just went a couple of picks before. So that's uh, that annoyed me. And then the next one I'm going to pick, who is a guy that I think is going to clearly be a top 100 guy, and that's Markel Fultz. Ah. A lot more playing time this year. He's only a rookie, and Steve Clifford hates rookies behind him in Cole Anthony. So I think we're going to see yeah, four or five extra minutes for Fultz, and I'm pretty happy to get him at this point. All right. Well, Jared, we're going to get to you in a, in a second because you visibly reacted to both of those picks. But Raf, you're back up here with your round 11 pick. What's it going to be? I'm going to stick with the Utah Jazz, and I'm going to take one of the best bench scorers in the NBA and Jordan Clarkson here. Um, nice. And he's also got point guard and shooting guard. Um, eligibility so uh, yeah, those are that's my thinking there we saw a recent report from that quinn snyder may be thinking about load managing his guys and i guess potentially clarkson could be the kind of guy who really cleans up on a night yeah. where the jazz are resting you know three guys or something like that is mm -hmm. that part of the thinking for you um yeah that's a part of it i think also when we talk about load management you've got the new reports about nba team, teams being fined but in upwards of a hundred thousand dollars you know if you if you sit a guy who's healthy um, so we'll see how that plays into things. But, yeah, they, they rest. They give, like, Mitchell a lighter workload on a certain night. Clarkson would certainly benefit. Jared, it sounded like you were in agony over the Otto Porter and Markel Fultz picks potentially. Did I read that wrong? Uh, well, here's the thing with uh, Otto Porter. I was pretty off him. and But this late in the draft, I mean, there's basically no risk in all upside at this point. Um there's there's definitely some issues. Uh, Delon, oh my god, dude, are you kidding me? No. Okay, well, that is yet again being brutally sniped. I can't believe that. Uh, my favorite thing about that. Is, my favorite man. thing about that is that happened about thirty seconds before you started talking, and you had no. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to get a guy that I like, I guess, unless Scott screws me here. What was the question? I don't know. I was, I'm pretty distraught here. I got, I'll, just, I'll just say that I'm glad I got Bogdan Bogdanovich. He has eligibility at shooting guard, small forward, and power forward. I think that he's in line for a huge year. Um, Atlanta obviously wanted him. He's going to start there. And if you look at like his stats from the bubble with something like crazy, like top 30 value. So to get him as late as I did, um, I was pretty happy about that. I'm quite furious that I didn't get Killian Hayes or DeLon Wright. I can't believe that. That's absurd to me. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with, uh, I think, a guy who's extremely underrated this year. He always seems to land with me. Uh, Will the Thrill Barton. Jesus. Josh. We saw Jared's reaction to the DeLon Wright pick. DeLon Wright was a preseason sleeper for a lot of people last year in Dallas. That obviously backfired spectacularly. What do you think of DeLon Wright as he heads to Detroit? Are you optimistic that he can kind of be the guy we hoped he could be last year? Yeah, I had the same reaction to Jared, just a lot more uh, internalized. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had him in my queue as well. Uh, it was a horrible fit in Dallas. I, I, I would agree. I thought he was going to be big next year next to Luke, and it just didn't work out. But assuming he's going to be starting in Detroit. I don't really see any other way around it. Uh, he'll handle the ball a little bit. I, I think it's a, look, it's a fantastic spot. I was, when I took Fultz with my last pick, if Fultz hadn't have been there, D-Long would have been my guy. So uh, yeah, pretty, pretty annoyed to see him go off the board at that spot. 
Raph, we just saw Terry Rogier, Dennis Schroeder, and Rui Hachimura go toward the end there. Uh, what do you think? Do any of those picks stand out to you as sleepers that you like? Um, I'd say Dennis Schroeder. Uh, we don't know if he's going to start or come off the bench in LA. Um, if he starts, you do you have to worry a little bit about LeBron having the ball in his hands, but. Dennis Schroeder gives them a more dynamic point guard than what they had on the team last year in terms of playmaking. So I think that could be a good spot for Dennis Schroeder. Good late round value here. Jared, have you recovered from that that last round as you get ready to make your next pick? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're doing here. Uh, I mean, like, I don't, all my targets are gone at this point. Um, that's credit to the room we're drafting with a bunch of smart guys you shouldn't be expecting to get oh man just losing killian hayes delon wright jeremy grant these are all targets that i had and and like literally like within a couple picks so feeling pretty a little bit distraught here but uh i'm just gonna go with a weird pick i don't even like it but uh there's there's like i have a need and and we're quite late unless yeah, I didn't think anyone would take it. I don't know. Jeez, um, I don't even. I don't want to make this pick, honestly. Uh, let's see here. Is there anyone else? No. All right. I don't know. Maybe he starts. Maybe. Maybe this is Marquise Chris's year. I don't know. <laughs> well, we just saw a potential upside guy in Denny of D. Denny of Dijago. Uh, Josh, what do you do at the end of drafts like this? What, are you just strictly aiming for upside swinging for the fences or are you giving it, you know, maybe taking a boring veteran that people have overlooked? It really depends on what I've done earlier on. Like if I've taken some swings on guys earlier, then I'll grab a little bit more of established yeah, production. But in general with these last two picks and you're going to, I'm pretty sure one of these guys is going to fold them. You'll see it with my, uh, with my last pick here coming up that I'm going to, just grab some guys who I think have got that upside because look, if it doesn't work out and if they don't have that role early on, I'll just, yeah, they're gone and I'll just add someone else off the waiver wire. But it does depend a little bit on what I've done, you know, in those other rounds. Um, but yeah, in general, if you can get a guy here that might turn into a top 70 guy, like that's where, yeah, you can really make a difference in your league. Raf, we saw one RJ Barrett go recently. Mm-hmm. He was a bit of a percentage nightmare for the Knicks last season and really yeah. didn't do a lot in, def- in defensive stats either. Do you think there's a path for, to fantasy production for RJ in year two? I do. They have some good development coaches on that staff. We talk about Johnny Bryant and also um, Kenny Payne, who's at Kentucky before this. I think that'll help him a little bit. But he's defensive stats, he's never been one to produce that. You go back to his prep career and, and his one season at Duke. So I don't expect too much there. I just hope he becomes a bit more efficient of a player when it comes to the shooting percentages. I think being in year two, having that season of experience under his belt can be helpful, but I'm not really betting on it right now. Well, we're coming up back to you in a second, Raf. Uh, mm-hmm. Jared, is there anything that has stood out to you? Any regrets after you took the guys that you didn't want to take? Anything you've seen that you liked after you picked? Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I think that I'm, I'm really pleased that I got Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, it's like one of the few targets I did get. Uh, I'm I, I'm going to talk myself into Lamelo Ball. He wasn't necessarily a target for me coming into this draft, but I think that the counting stats will be fun. Um, you know, growing, I remember reading about the Chino Hill boys when they were coming up, and um, Lamelo was always kind of billed as as one of the most talented of the Ball brothers. 
So I'm interested to see. And 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 uh, Michael Jordan really wanted him. So I don't know. Hey, that says something. Um, you know, Michael Jordan hasn't always made the best picks in the past. I think that he was on board with the Kwame Brown pick during the Wizards days. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that LaMelo is probably the most talented, arguably the most talented person in this draft. So, and he fell to a range. I'm not willing to take him round six, but, you know, we got into round eight territory. I got sniped on Jeremy Grant. So what the hell? Uh, I'd be curious to hear what Josh thinks about LaMelo. Well, Raph, let's hear. We'll hear from you in a second, Josh. Raph, you just broke your Utah Jazz streak by taking Kyle Kuzma in round twelve. Yeah. What's the outlook for Kuzma as far as you're concerned? He had a rough season last year um, with everyone back in the in the rotation, LeBron being healthy and Anthony Davis as well. But as we were talking about with Clarkson earlier, the potential for guys to be rested throughout the season. I think Kuzma was at his best when he had more opportunities to be like that showcase guy of the second unit scoring-wise, and I'm kind of banking on that. I think at this late in the draft, it's not too big of a risk. All right, Josh Lloyd, you have two picks right now. Anyone you're excited about here? I'm not excited about them, but I am going to take (laughs) a couple of uh, upside plays here with these last picks. The first one I'm going to take is a guy who's going to be the starting point guard in Cleveland, and that's Darius Garland. he wasn't great last year, but um, yeah, he also didn't play at all in college. He had the John Beeline nonsense that was going on, uh, and I think he's going to improve. And again, this is what I'm using this part of the draft for, is just to take some upside picks. And the next one is an absolute wild one to me, but I have been hearing so many good things about this guy, and I think there's a chance that he might actually be a starter very early on, and his name is Facundo Campazzo from Denver. Facundo. I just want some uh, assists here, and if he starts uh, yeah, next to Jamal Murray and gives me five assists in 25 minutes, I think that's that's worth it here. And if it doesn't work, then he's gone in about two days. Yeah, very, that's a that's a very intriguing name. A couple of intriguing names that you just pulled off the board there, Josh. Uh, Raph, you're up now with your 13th round pick. The last round is upon us, fellas. Raph, what what are you looking at? I'm kind of surprised that this guy's still on the board. Um, and it's Dylan Brooks. Uh, I thought he had a, a pretty good season last year. Um, and to get him now in the 13th round, I think might end up being a steal for me. Now, I don't want to jinx it, but I think he's in line for a good year. Well, we just saw Obi Toppin go uh, with to Brian Rosenworcel right there after you took Dylan Brooks. Are mm-hmm. any of you, is can anyone sell me on Obi Toppin getting enough minutes from Tom Thibodeau this year? Absolutely not. No chance. <laughs> because we all love the talent, right? In the in the right situation, we would love Obi Toppin. Nikola yeah. Mirotic is the player who who's earned the most minutes for Tibbs as a rookie, and he technically wasn't a rookie. He had played professionally overseas. He was 22 years old, and the minutes were 20. That's the most minutes a rookie has ever received under Tom Thibodeau. Chris Dunn was a number five overall selection, and he was out about 17 minutes. I have no faith. I guess the only thing you could say there is Toppen is older than Miritic was when he came across, so uh, mm-hmm. maybe that gives him a benefit. But he's also significantly worse. And yeah, Julius Randle, Merlin's Noel, Mitchell Robinson in that front court. I just I can't see him getting enough minutes to be impact. Maybe it happens at some point if someone's traded, but there is no way that Tom Thibodeau is just saying, Julius Randle, you sit on the bench, play twenty minutes, so that my uh, rookie who can't play defense can play thirty minutes a night. <laughs> yeah. I want to give you guys, Jared, we're going to hear from you in a second as you make your last pick. Raph, I want to give you a chance to kind of uh, tie up 
you know, tie up the situation with your team. What are you happy with? What are you maybe not happy with what you've done? Um, yeah, I think my negative would probably be the point guards. Um, I have Drew Holiday and CJ McCollum. Uh, probably would I wanted a little bit more in terms of assist production there. Wasn't able to get that just because of how things broke in a draft. But I think that would be my biggest concern. Um, I like I like my bigs. Uh, you told Anthony Davis, Nikola Vucevic. I think Al Horford's going to have a pretty good year in Oklahoma City. Uh, I like the bigs, but the point guard situation in terms of assists, that's a bit of a concern for me. And Josh, uh, what, what are your party thoughts on what you did in the draft here? I went pretty heavy on on getting guards and assists and, and steals, and so I'm happy how that all panned out. I'm a little light on my block numbers. Um, but overall, I think you know, I was able to get value. I think Kevin Love slid Porter and Fultz outside the top 120. I was happy to get those guys there. Um, and a couple of upside picks there towards the end. I was pretty pretty happy with how that all went down. Well, Jared, you're on your clock for your final pick here. Five pick, four picks left in the draft. I'm Stop. gonna go uh, pure upside. Let's see if he can take the role that uh, Plumley had, and let's see if he can make noise with 20 minutes, uh, Mr. Bulbul. Well. We've just seen some three exciting players go in a row there. Anthony Edwards, <laughs> Miles Bridges, and Bull Bull. Uh, Raph, Miles Bridges was basically a mid-round guy last year. So when everyone wanted to draft now, goes all the way in the 13th round. Any hope for him? I don't think so. Not with Gordon Hayward there. Um, that, that's the biggest issue I see is you pay Gordon Hayward that much money. He's obviously going to be their marquee scorer. Fills a clear need for them. So Bridges in that second unit, he may have some opportunities, but I don't think it's going to be enough to justify him being a mid-round guy. Josh, before we go, Anthony Edwards, number one overall pick, possibly a major problem in fantasy because of percentages. Are you optimistic at all? No, not really at all. Um, yeah, percentages, uh, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks. Like, does he do any of those things? Plus, sharing the ball with D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley, Ricky Rubio is getting minutes in the backcourt. They drafted Jarrett Culver at six last year. It's just, he's not going to be given 34 minutes a night and just be given every shot under the front. He's going to be the third, fourth option maybe. And then he has so many deficiencies in other areas of his game. So I don't mind picking him here, but in the top 100, there's no way I'd look at him. All right. Well, fellas, we're at the end of the draft. I want to say a big thanks to group four. You can follow these guys at J underscore the underscore truth at Raphael J and at Red Rock underscore B-Ball. Thanks for taking the time, fellas. Much appreciated. No Thank you. All right, well, we're at the end of the draft now, but stay with us because Steve Alexander and Ryan Knaus are going to come back here and join us to break down the teams, do a bit of a postmortem in just a second. First, though, do you find yourself up against the clock to get your waiver claims in, or maybe you can't decide who to start as tip-off approaches? Save time and make the best decisions with our all-new NBA League Sync tool. League Sync pulls in all of your team, and league info from Yahoo to show you our draft grades for each team, who the best available players are on the wire, who you should start and who you should bench, and much more. Let League Sync do all the work, and you can take all the glory. Get League Sync, our DFS tools, and our draft and season tools as part of the Edge Plus Pro tier. Go to rotoworld.com edge for more and use promo code DRAFT10 for $10 off any annual premium package. All right, let's bring back in Steve Alexander. And Ryan Knaus, fellas, the draft is complete. I want to first get you guys. Steve has a jacket on, first of all. There's a big headline. Steve's always oh, covered up the Lucas jersey. Is that what's going on, Steve? 
Uh, it's freezing in my office. <laughs> oh, I thought it was. It's really all it is. Your magic, Luca. Yeah, I was with Matt. Yeah, I thought I thought it was like no, it's over. Um, well, Steve, let's start with you. You had a very eventful, eventful couple hours here, Brian Rosenworcel. I think your friendship with him is basically over at this point. What are your thoughts? Just big picture on your squad. Uh, you know, I haven't really had a chance to even digest it. I feel like I've got a lot of assists. I've got Trey, I've got LeBron, uh, I've got Lonzo. That, that's pretty good. Jeff Teague is still sitting out there at the end of the draft. And uh, with Kemba's Kemba Walker's situation, I'm thinking Jeff Teague is going to be a hot waiver wire pickup right off the bat. Um, I was kind of not happy that – uh, our buddy Jared stole Bogdan Bogdanovich. I kind of wanted him. I really got burned in the same situation last year by Marvin Bagley, but I took him in the fourth round last year. I got him in round nine uh, this year. I kind of waited on centers, and that, that can be risky in a two-center league. Uh, I made the reach of the draft, I would say, in Chris Boucher in round six, uh, but Boucher can play center. He's still got a good chance at, at going off this year for Toronto. So, And then I've got another weird center in Draymond Green. He's not really a center. I've got another center in Serge Ibaka. He's not really a center. Uh, so I've, I've got some issues with bigs. So I, I don't think I may be racking up a ton of, of blocks. But uh, the other reach of the draft, in which may have been even more reach than Chris Boucher, was Michael Porter Jr. Took him in the third round. That was sort of like um, the retaliation for for not getting Luca. I, I just felt like a uh, Michael Porter Jr. is is going to start for Denver. He's going to be really good, and I know a lot of guys um, in this draft really wanted to take Michael Porter Jr. I just tried to make sure that that wasn't going to happen. Ryan, let's quickly get your thoughts on your squad before we quickly run through some highlights and lowlights from each of the teams that drafted here. Yeah, so as I said, my my first pick of Giannis when he fell to 11 kind of set the tone for what I was going to do. Uh, his bad free throw percentage made me think maybe punt. Bam Adebayo was there. That kind of fed into that. Then I got Ben Simmons in round three, and that was it. So it was a weird start for me. Usually I try to get a point guard in the first two rounds, let alone first three. Uh, I didn't do that, but I still managed to get assists. So I was happy, and then I got De'Aaron Fox in the fourth round, another bad free throw shooter. So I was pleased with it, and then I stayed pretty young and healthy Jalen Brown, Miles Turner, a guy like Jeremy Grant and, and Kobe White, both stepping into bigger roles, both expected to start. So I quite like my team. I, I had gone into it thinking, well, two IR spots, maybe I get Kristaps Porzingis, you know, guys like this who would uh, Kemba Walker, maybe help you later in the year. Didn't end up doing that, but that's not the end of the world, obviously, because now if some of my guys do get hurt, uh, I've got some available spots. So I'm very happy with my draft, happier than I usually am. I'll say that. All right, well, guys, pull up the draft window if you don't have it up already. I want to quickly go through the teams in order that they drafted. Um, so, Steve, you got it handy? I do. Let's look at Josh Lloyd first. Anything that you like, and we'll just bounce back and forth between you guys, anything that you like or didn't like about each of these teams, each of these drafts? Well, Josh got – first of all, I could listen to Josh talk about basketball all day long. I mean, the, the Australian accent, it's like 4 in the clock in the morning for that poor guy. That was pretty <laughs> cool uh, listening to him. Uh, especially he was in the same room with, uh, with Jared and, and hearing Josh's cool, calm demeanor and Jared throwing stuff around his office every time he got mad. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, 
pretty good, contrast. pretty good pairing, I think. Yeah. Contrast, yeah. Uh, but he he took James Harden with the first pick. Uh, of course, that is a little risky given all that's going on with Harden. But you know, if he plays, it doesn't matter where he plays; he's going to go crazy. So uh, I don't I don't foresee James Harden sitting out the season. But you never know. Yusuf Nurkic, uh, bubble man, comes comes back at the very end of last year and then goes in the in the second round of our experts draft. Uh, that's pretty cool for, for Nurkic. Uh, it's, it, you got to play two centers in this league. So uh, I thought that was, that was an interesting and, and good pick. Uh, I really liked his sixth round pick the Marcus smart uh, with the Kemba stuff going on in Boston. Marcus smart uh, is probably going to be super valuable this year. Ryan, any impressions from you? Big, big picture on Josh Lloyd's team. Yeah, I was surprised. Well, I was surprised by Nurk, first of all. Um, the Roto World Draft Guide has him in nine cat at number 26, which I thought was higher considerably than what most, you know, his ADP for sure. Uh, but there you go, Josh. Josh Lloyd snagged him early. So I guess maybe we need to uh, just accept that that's where he'll go. Big picture, it was an interesting mix of kind of older guys with risk Kevin Love and Otto Porter Jr. two guys I'm going nowhere near this year but then at the end of the draft he also had younger guys with upside pure upside in fact Markel Fultz Darius Garland uh, and Faku Campazzo and you know interesting picks he just went for upside so it was a a good mix I think of veterans and unknown potential all right next in line number two pick Raphael Johnson Steve any highlights or lowlights from Raph's draft uh well anthony davis to kick it off is good jimmy butler who you and i've spent a lot of time talking about on the pod i don't think he's for us but you know taking him at the end of the first end of the second round not a not a bad not a bad call vooch super uh consistent center old reliable as i like to call him uh and roth was really excited about getting killing and hayes it made Jared really mad, I think. Uh, that, that was fun, of course. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Al Horford does um, with with his new team. Uh, he's kind of a boring fantasy player to me, but he's, he's not going to hurt you anywhere. So, uh, yeah, I thought Roth did a good job. Ryan? Horford, yeah, I don't like Horford at all, really, because he dropped off so much last year, and now he's on a team that may – you know, may not even need him to play. They're looking to the future. So it's a strange fit. He seems more like a veteran mentor there, which I never like when that label is attached to my guys uh, for fantasy purposes. Um, but yeah, he had some good picks. I know Raf was super psyched to get Killian Hayes. Uh, he's in a great position, expected to start right out of the gates, which is something that we were looking for. Now it's basically official. He's at least going to get first crack at it. Uh, maybe DeLon Wright displaces him, but I think there's enough size there with with Hayes in particular that they can play together. Uh, so I quite like him. And I think size might be an issue because Raph only has three center eligible guys in AD, Vooch, and Horford. And if one of those guys goes down, you're you know, very barren at that position in a two-center league. So that's something he'll need to to watch out for. Maybe someone like Dylan Brooks underperforms and he cuts him for a big man. Uh, Steve, we know you didn't like when Brian Rosenworth took Luka Doncic. What did you like about his draft? Well, he took Luka specifically to make me angry. Uh, I don't even know that he really wanted Luka on his team that bad. So that was interesting. He's got Zion Williamson, which uh, can he stay healthy and play all season? I I think it's – I mean, look, Luka, DeAndre Ayton, Zion Williamson, Damana Sabonis, and DeMar DeRozan with your first five picks, there's – 
there's a lot uh, of interesting things there. If Zion goes crazy, if Aiton gets it together, um, could be a very good team. I'm not a DeRozan guy. Uh, another interesting pick, I liked, I liked uh, Karis LeVert in round nine, which I think was also a direct shot at me. He, he's made a comment on the, on the board as he was taking him saying, oh, you think you're going to – you thought you were going to get Karis LeVert, huh? Um, but I like Karis LeVert. It's just Brooklyn is so crowded now. I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, Ryan, let's jump ahead to Drew Dinkmeyer of Establish the Run. I'm just going to have you guys each take one team here as we try to go through this quickly. What, what stood out to you from Drew's draft, both positive or negative? Uh, Drew started with Jokic up top. I thought that was a great pick. He took him at number four overall earlier than you'll see typically, but there's so much risk at the top of this draft that it's hard to say. You got Cat, you know, seemed kind of out of it and admitted that mentally he wasn't quite there last year. Hopefully he, you know, it becomes like he said, on court therapy kind of where he can just go out and play the game and, and get it out of his system. Um, Dame and Trey look like the safest guys at the top of the board right now. And, and Doncic, I suppose, but there's a lot of risk. So taking a guy like Jokic makes perfect sense. He has no red flags going into the year. Um, Bradley Beal fell all the way down to 21. I guess that's because of concerns about usage next to Westbrook. I'm not so worried because he managed to put up elite value. Um, you know, last year and he's Westbrook will take up a bunch of possessions, but Beal can play off ball. So I think it's an interesting fit and there aren't a lot of mouths to feed offensively in Washington. So he'll still get his huge slice of the pie. Um, and then down the line, I thought Mitch Robinson, a bit of a reach with Nerlens Noel there. Uh, Eric Bledsoe kind of touch and go what happens there because of, you know, it seems like Stan Van Gundy is going to put the ball in, in Lonzo's hands and let him sort of be the, the architect. You've got Ingram, you've got Zion. So EB is what a fourth option at this point. So I don't love him. Um, and then some interesting late picks. DeLon Wright was, a, was a great pick. Malik Beasley is going to fill up threes, if nothing else, uh, as will Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. His final pick who I, I was hoping to get. All right, Steve, jumping ahead to Dalton Del Don's <laughs> team. Anything stand out to you? Even even one to two players each. Anything jump out of you? Favorite pick from the squad? Uh, Steph Curry is number one pick. It's, can't wait to see if he bounces back. Jamal Murray uh, is coming back from a huge run in the bubble. That could be very fun. Um, and, you know, late pick, Derek White, uh, sleeper in San Antonio. Uh, Ryan, I think Jonas may have said he automatically won this league by getting Jaron Jackson Jr. in the fifth round. Does that or any other pick stand out to you as a big win for Jonas? I do love the Jaron Jackson Jr. pick. As I said, especially in a league with IR spots, that's a great get at 55 overall. He's only getting better. He's got that game where he can hit threes, he can block shots, he can double-double. He's, he's going to fill it up. So I really like that pick. Um, he got Brandon Ingram at 42. I'm not so worried about a setback. Yes, his stats dipped a little bit with Zion, but too small of a sample size to say that that's a trend. Uh, and again, Ingram, another very young player who's only getting better. Um, I thought Wiseman was a bit of a reach at 90. The Warriors have really, really downplayed how he will perform and how many minutes he'll get, especially early in the season. So I've bumped him outside of my top 100 in pretty much any fantasy format. Scott Bogman drafted eighth. Steve, what did you like or not like that he did? Uh, Scott Bogman kicked it off with Damian Lillard. He's got load management concerns with Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul. He took Robert Covington, I think is a, a 
solid asset in, in this format. Uh, probably the, the most interesting pick Bogman had was John Wall. Hey, when's he going to play? How much is he going to play? What's his load management situation? He's also got Kemba Walker. So I think Bogman's going to be thrilled that there are two IR spots in this league. We'll, we'll go to Jared Johnson now. Ryan, thoughts? Yeah, so Jared's funny because I know we talk a lot and go back and forth kind of refining our draft approach and, and stuff. So I knew a lot of the guys he was going to take before he even took them. And sure enough, he got a lot of his targets, which Clint Capella is very high on this list. Uh, Jared continually says that Clint falls too far and that he likes to get him in the 40-50 range. Well, he reached all the way up to 33 to get Capella this time. So clearly he's sold on him. I am not as high. You know, we haven't seen him play alongside John Collins. They just brought in a rookie big man. Too many question marks there for me to go top 40 on him. Uh, I do like Hassan Whiteside, sort of a boomer bust guy in the middle rounds. That's an interesting pick, though. He was top 10 last year, which is wild. So he only needs 20 plus minutes and he's set there. Um, another specialist in Rubio. He's rolling the dice on the mellow ball. Not a huge fan of Bogdan, <clears throat> but it's a good team. He went a lot of bigs and smalls. So point guards and true centers. And that's usually a winning approach in a nine cap format. So I, th- I think he built a good team here. Yeah, you mentioned Whiteside, the boomer bust. The boom there is actually first round value. So potentially yep. a ridiculously good pick at 64 overall. Three more teams, two more teams to hit before we leave. Renee Miller, Steve, started with Atlanta's own John Collins, then took Shea, Shea Gildas Alexander. Very exciting start to the draft. Anything that really stands well, and then Christian Wood, round four. What really stands out to you from her draft? Yeah, I mean, those are three guys that you mentioned that are on my all of my lists. Um, I was all set to take Shea in the second round. She took him a few picks before me, which really, um, that may be her paying me back for acting like I'm a doctor when, when she is an actual real doctor. Um, but I wanted SGA. I wanted Collins. And I, and I really would have liked to have gotten Christian Wood, but I knew he was going to go early. It's a two-center league. I, I love the Christian Wood pick. All right, Ryan, you picked 11th. We already talked about your team. John and Pemba from Fantasy Alarm picked 12th. Let's wrap this up with a quick thought on his squad. Yeah, so John's team and mine were intimately entwined for me because he was right after me, right at the turn. So he was sniping me a lot. Uh, He took Devin Booker right before I took Bam. I was fine with that because those were my one-two guys. So that made my pick easy. Uh, He sniped me hard on Andre Drummond. I had a point free throw or punt free throw percentage build going that hurt a lot Uh, i liked his pick of porzingis just kind of stash him away in an ir spot and when he comes back potentially january that's when he's going to start on court work uh he might suddenly walk into a top 20 player so that's a great pick um yeah and then and final rounds i kind of like rui hachimura it slides below the radar didn't put up a lot of defensive stats you'd like to see that improve but uh, otherwise a guy in a good position well guys that was a lot of fun Overall, thanks to both of you for sticking around afterwards. I want to thank all of our experts for drafting today. I want to thank all of you for watching as well. Keep it tuned to rotoworld.com for fantasy basketball news, columns, draft strategy, and much more. Don't forget to check out our draft guide, draft tools, and much more at rotoworld.com. All right, hope you enjoyed that. Thanks again to all of our experts and to our production team who did a great job putting that together. We are going to be back on Friday, as I mentioned, with some preseason takeaways as we all get ready for what should be a very busy weekend of fantasy drafts. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well if you would. Thanks to all of you for listening. We will talk to you soon. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.